Hello there. Don't be alarmed. We're just preparing your listening device for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. We do this, of course, by filling the radio with water. Don't worry. We're professionals. Thanks to me, you won't even get wet. You see, I've crammed every appendage of my body into the cracks and crevices of your radio, ensuring an airtight seal. By the way, don't touch your on-off knob. That's a very sensitive area. Anyway, I should remind you, we believe in the buddy system just like diving, so don't listen alone. Call your buddy and tell them that Scuba Radio is about to begin. We're going to start a new life under the sea. So, uh, am I going to drown? Of course not. Just stay calm and let the gentle currents relax your every muscle. Under the sea. Under the sea. Did it just get warmer? There'll be no accusations. Just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Where the hell are the sharks? And now, here's your dive guide for Scuba Radio, Greg the Dive Master. And welcome to Hour 2 of the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Special edition of the show today. You know, in Hour 1, we're talking to Roz from the UK. We dove a little deeper with her to find out, you know, what kind of stuff she's diving. uh, You know, why she got into it in the first place. What she's doing today when she's, uh, you know, expanding on her surface interval. Unfortunately, we can't spend 24-7 underwater. So you got to do something to uh, support your underwater activities. And we got that from her. I figured, why not do that with Pete from Scuba Board? So we have him to kick off hour two. Pete, how you doing, buddy? What? What's going on? Bien, senor. Yes. Great. Yeah. All right. Good, good, good. So first off, before we get to what you're diving today, uh, what got you into diving? Well, a uh, Master Chief uh, came up to me one day when I was at the BX. And looked at me and said, you're Murray's kid, right? I go, yeah. My dad had died maybe a couple of years earlier. He says, oh, your dad. Be at the pool Saturday. Really? Okay. Okay. So I don't know what he did with my dad. My mom thinks he, my dad was a helicopter pilot in Korea and a Marine uh, um, torpedo bomber during World War II. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he knew a lot of people. Flew helicopter for... Uh, Standard Oil, and I, that's why I was born in Columbia rather than America. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he brought me to the pool, never got in the pool with us. Uh, we built a couple regulators. He watched us swim around in the pool, me and another guy named Brian. And then he took us out to Lake Underhill there in Orlando, Florida. And I did my first dive. No supervision. <laughs> How about no that? One telling me what to do. It's just dark, cold. And, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> so he, he didn't, uh, dive himself, but he knew it was a fun activity and wanted to, uh, you know, give you something to do. Uh, oh, he was a master diver. He had the oh, Navy. He, he, he oh, knew what okay. he was doing. He just never got in the water with us. He I just see. yelled at us from the side. What well, are you? That's, rah, rah, rah. that's I the can't best part. Yeah. Words. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very, very, uh, motivating. I would imagine. It, it right? was. And then, yeah. then I had the, the happy chance of working on, um, Hal Watts. You probably know him. Yeah, of course. Uh, this is back in, again, 69, 70s. 69 was my first dive. Wow. Uh, during the 70s, I was working as a kid on cars, and I worked on his car, and I saw him. Wait, wait, hold on. Uh, you worked on Hal Watts, Mr. Scuba's car. Is oh, that, yeah. <laughs> how about that? Okay, yeah. <laughs> so I watched, I had to deliver his car at Mrs. Hurd's pool. He's got. 
a scuba class, which he always told me I, I need to take or I was going to die. Hmm. And he's got these guys in full suit. I mean, the tanks, the puck weights, the duck feet, uh, the neoprene, everything, doing push-ups in the August Florida sun in Orlando. Hmm. And I'm okay. like, yeah, I'm not, I don't need to get certified. <laughs> yeah, it was just too much and so, work and uh, too too hot. Yeah, it was just, it was like, if you wanted to be a Navy SEAL, I guess it was okay, but I yeah. didn't want to be a Navy SEAL. I just had fun. So I got my tanks filled at the Navy base. No one ever asked for a card. And I did that for a long time, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't then, know you had uh, worked with Al back in the day. I mean, I, you know, in the beginning of Scuba Radio, we worked with Hal Watts. It was, his dive store was called Hal Watts, Mr. Scuba. It was right yeah, here in Orlando. Mr. Scuba. And and I got to know him there in the beginning, uh, you know, uh, years of Scuba Radio, and his daughter actually too. Yeah, Scarlett. Uh, yeah, and uh, we we hung out quite a bit. But yeah, they had a reputation for, you know, uh, diving deep. He was yep. a little bit more, you know, it was like you know, the technical world. Uh, that was my first introduction to that type of diving, and I was like, yeah, I'm not. That's not really for me. I really respected the what you know what he did. And uh, he was doing some pretty uh, crazy things, like they were talking about going down past 200 feet and stuff like that all the time. And I was I've like, been there yeah. with him. Yeah, I bet you have. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, Neil Watson's the same way. Uh, and yep. a lot of people would confuse the dive god, Neil Watson, and Hal Watts, or call uh, Hal, Hal Watson, <laughs> back in the day. But, but Hal has retired. Uh, and he lives, actually, he lives over by you still, doesn't he? Isn't he over in the well, spring he somewhere? Well, Ocala area. Okay, Ocala. And right. drives his Harleys. He loves his Harleys. Right. He's become a motorcycle guy as opposed to a diving he, he, guy these he days. Is, and, and I think he's still living right above the grotto. Yep, I think um, that's right. 40 Fathom Grotto. Mm-hmm. Which, which was we his place. Hal's Hellhole. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that used to be their uh, hangout. And they do all this deep training and stuff for, uh, for Hal Watts, Mr. Scuba. Uh, That's right. Many, that many years vividly. after this, probably early 2000s, maybe 2000, maybe 2000, yeah. I, I was a dive master about to become an instructor, and I went there to uh, the grotto to get certified as a grotto guide. Mm. Okay. And so Hal looked at me, he goes, I know you. And I'm like, yeah, you do, Hal. <laughs> and he's, you know, I think he was expecting me to say Mr. Watts or something, but I knew him too well for that. Yeah. And so we go diving and we go diving. And he's like, I know, I know you from somewhere. And I asked him how his car was, which was a Valiant. I think it was a Valiant. Yeah. I'm having a hard time remembering. Mm. He goes, oh, you, <laughs> you finally got certified. It was the first words he said when he found out, when he realized who I was. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm a dive master now. I'm about to become an instructor. So it was kind of cool, kind of cool reunion at that point. I bet. I will tell you this. The man does not dive. He plunges. Yeah. He just really descends quickly, huh? Oh, he really does. He yeah. went backwards. He fell backwards into the grotto. There was three of us. I realized exactly what was happening. I jumped after him, and I just kept kicking. He's got a pair of doubles, so he's really overweighted right. before he adds anything to his dry suit or whatever. Uh -huh. And the other two guys took forever to get down to us. I think we were down at about 70 feet when they finally arrived, and we did the little grotto guide thingy. But it was fun. It was yeah. good. It's, it's good well, memories. I, still, I mean, I still yeah. own the fins. That I bought from him in 1969. Really? And I remember how he told me why they were such good. They were uh, these jet uh, scuba pro jet. Yeah, the jet fins, right. He told me I could kick the crap out of the reef and not hurt the fin. <laughs> oh, That's okay. Well, that old school, for sure, before we knew <laughs> better. Right. 
Yeah, but old uh, old Mister Scuba as was his nickname. He's awesome. and uh, you know, like I said, he's retired, but he, he's a great guy. And I never dove with Hal, but uh, I, I hung with him and his daughter quite a bit, a little bit. And I think I do, did dive with Scarlett once, but I don't think I ever had the opportunity to actually dive with Hal. But I'd see him at uh, you know at the dive shows all the time. He's been on Scuba Radio, uh, especially in the early years, for sure. So that's how you got your start. And diving, and uh, now you know you work on scuba board and run that uh, whole thing with a team of people and travel our world and all that kind of stuff. And uh, people can go to scuba board and check it out themselves. They talk about everything and under the sun when it comes to diving, and you can post questions and God knows what else. But I, as opposed to talk about that, I really want to talk about what are you diving today, like equipment wise. What is your kit? What is uh, the type of gear that uh, Pete from Scuba Board is diving these days? What is it? Depends on what I'm diving, Greg. If I'm out on vacation, dives like we're doing, we're going to Roatan in a couple months. We're going to the Philippines next January. Okay. I'm usually diving a Zegel Express Tech. It's a cross between a backplate and wing and a regular BC. Got it. Okay, Is it very, because it's a modular and light and travel ready type of uh, system? Uh, yes, that? yes, and yes. And okay. I dive it when I dive without. If I'm not diving a technical dive, even local, I dive it because it's just so adjustable. It's so easy to get in and out of. You can pull the strap away from you to get out of it easy. It's not surprising that Pete from Scuba Board dives a Zegel, and uh, Roz from the UK was talking about her dive right backpack system. They're they're similar. All right, we'll talk more with Pete from Scuba Board next on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. Power, simplicity, reliability. It's what you demand of your dive computer, and Shearwater delivers. Shearwater evolved out of one tech diver's need for a reliable, easy-to-use rebreather dive computer and quickly became the tech market leader. Now recreational divers have taken notice. The Shearwater Tarek is the best, most intuitive, and reliable wristwatch-sized dive computer on the market. Check it out in the entire line at Shearwater.com. Shearwater, dive computers for demanding divers. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top down at Explorer Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explorer Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explorer Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explorer Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explorer Ventures Liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had. It just doesn't get any better. Saba St. Kitts, Turks and Caicos, the Galapagos, Maldives, Indonesia, Humpback Whales, and the Silver Banks, new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time. Call one of their talented travel consultants to find the Explorer Ventures Liveaboard experience that's just right for you. 1-800-322-3577. That's 1-800-322-3577. Or visit ExploreVentures.com. That's ExploreVentures.com. Scuba action star Mike Scott is back in a new audiobook, Cayman Cowboys, Reefs Under Pressure. From author Eric Douglas comes the one that started it all. Listen as Mike deals with submarines, kidnapping, betrayal, and more. He didn't even have fins or a mask to let him see in the water. He was going to be slow and blind. If it weren't for the float, he knew there would be no way he would ever make it to the surface. Download Cayman Cowboys or Oil and Water, Return to Cayman, Turks and Chaos, and Lionfish at Amazon, BooksbyEric.com, and Audible.com. 
Your surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. What's going on here? I know I hear voices and that's someone singing. But at the bottom of the sea? Maybe I've been diving too long. We're diving deeper. Way down, way down deeper. We're diving deeper. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master along with Pete from Scuba Board. We're diving a little deeper with him today as we find out what kind of gear he dives uh, today. Went back through his past before a little bit too, where he started and how he got into it and all that kind of good stuff. Interesting little backstory for Pete. But uh, as far as what you're diving today, Pete, when you're traveling, uh, and it may, I guess it sounds like it's your go-to BC, at least at the it moment. Is. It's a Zegel, uh, and it's a backpack type thing. Express Tech. Uh, Express Tech, okay. Express Tech is what it is. And then for um, my regulator, I'm either diving the, uh, I can't believe I can't think of the name, the T1. The, the T1? Uh, what, what, the the Hewish stuff? The atomic yeah, the stuff. Atomic. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, the atomic regulator. Stuff, I'm diving yeah. an edge regulator. Um, depending on how depending on what's closest. Yeah. You know, I also dive edge fins and uh No wait, when you say else. edge, what is that uh, part of the atomic brand? I don't even know. No, edge is its own it it came up maybe two or three years ago. Yeah. Uh, by divers, designed by divers. Um Edge is really pretty good. Okay. Uh, so it's just another brand altogether that I'm just not Another brand altogether. You've probably heard of Hog Deregulators. Right. These guys okay. Went along this, the same guy who, who created Hog uh, went ahead and created Edge as well. And gotcha. it's just top-notch gear. It's mm-hmm. good gear. It's like I said, it's divers really uh, have a say in it. Uh, it's a favorite. Of course, for computers... Nothing beats Shearwater. No, oh, that is so true. That's almost I, I hands down five uh, universal uh, with the dive computers. I mean, it doesn't really matter what kind of reg or BC you're diving with. You almost have to have a uh, Shearwater if you're going to be taken seriously, <laughs> especially in your world of uh, the yeah. tech diving uh, stuff. So when you yeah. go back to the this Edge uh, reg, did you say the Z1, though, you have an atomic system, too? Or I have. I have. Wow, Greg, I probably have 30 regs sitting around here. Okay, all right, uh, <laughs> yeah. I use I use Atomic and uh, Edge both interchangeably. Both of them okay. are set up on a long hose, mm-hmm. you no know, seven-foot long hose, and it's usually just what I grab. You know, whatever ends up in the bag is the one I use. Right. Um, I, I need to rebuild my Atomic, so I'm probably going to take the uh, Edge with me to Roatan, um, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. Now, when I'm in the caves, I usually dive my uh, rebreather, my SF2, uh, Scuba Force 2 rebreather. Okay. Um, well, wait, but, before we get into that, I want to ask you about the, the reg oh, setup and see up. how you feel about this. Because I mentioned this to Roz as well, you know, that there really isn't any bad gear out on the market these days. All the stuff is good, you know, but the the small differences are that... 
you know, for instance, like the atomic stuff, some of their stuff has a lot of t- titanium in uh, the inner parts of the regulator that, in theory, won't corrode as easily or over time as more traditional regulator setup. And so maybe you could stretch your overhaul or, you know, annual uh, for your, you know, regulator uh, stuff a little bit longer than your typical regulator uh, thing and, and and maybe save a few bucks that way. But I kind of like that because, you know, I'll go, you know, I, like you, you, I end up having quite a bit of gear as well. So I'll sit there and I'll have a reg and then I'll use another one for a next trip and then I'll switch back to that one. And that one's been sitting for a while. Uh, and obviously that's when they start to uh, create problems for you. It's not from using them every day it's if you don't use them for an extended period when you can potentially have some problems with them uh you know the rubber gaskets inside your regs and things like that can uh create problems are you with me on this or what do you think kind of it's not about it's not about um saving money for me i don't mind going into reg i mean i teach or i taught when i was an instructor i taught the reg class how to rebuild the reg Mm -hmm. um so i'm i'm really good with that for me it's a matter of overbreathing versus underbreathing. Sometimes when you take a uh, uh, puff off of a regulator, it shoves the air down your throat, which I, I find offensive. I want it to be more neutral. Yeah. Um, I think Atomic was the first one to come up with a really neutral breathing, and Edge has also come up with a neutral breathing reg where it's more natural. It's not shoving it down your throat. I mean, some people will, will like that. Some people like having the air you know, cram down their throat. I don't like that. So I, I actually chose these two regulators because of the way they breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I agree with you. There's no bad reg out there. There's just no bad reg out on the market today. Right. Um, they're all great. They're yeah. all great. Yeah. And, but, but if you have a preference for that type of uh, breathing regulator, I get it. But as far as, you know, the parts, the titanium parts, that helps you a little bit. Uh, going, you know, like I said, if you have it sitting around for a while, it might be a little bit more forgiving than one that's made with, you know, your typical chrome or steel parts or whatever sure. it is. And, However, uh, yeah, I can't buy Ziegel parts except through a Ziegel, uh, except if I have a Ziegel reg, uh, reg, uh, say it for me, technician work on it. Luckily, I am a Ziegel reg technician. I've got my little card. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't need that for the edge. I, I can anyone can buy edge parts out there. Not everyone can buy Ziegel parts. So when I'm out on the out on the uh, uh, road, yeah, out I in the field, a, yeah, out in the field, I always have some parts with me. I always have some spare parts because you know what? If something happens, if something's not working right, I have no problems going right in there. And even if you don't know how to do it, it's good to carry some parts because there might be a local reg tech that can do it if they have your parts good point for sure that is something to consider in uh your save a dive kit i gotcha but uh yeah that's uh good stuff now okay let's go over to the rebreather side of things you know obviously pete is a little bit more into the caves and the tech diving and stuff like that so when you're in the caves of uh, north florida or whatever area you'd want to call that high springs i don't know but yeah you cave country cave country you like to dive uh what rebreather again it's called the scuba force fs2 sf2 okay and it's it's a standard rebreather it's back mounted they they have options and i own the options for side mounting it and i do a lot of side or have done a lot of side mount diving i mean i still do 
I still have my dive right side, side mount rig set up, one of the Nomads. And I also use a dive right um, wing with my SS2 because I think dive right makes probably some of the best wings out there. Yeah. I, I really like their stuff. Well, and once again, they come out of that same area where you like to dive all the time. And, and you do, do the side mount thing. You can fit in all those cracks and crevices of those caves and and swim to your heart's desire. And matter of fact, we'll find out what his longest dive on one of these rebreathers is next as we continue our conversation with Pete from Scuba Board on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top-down at Explore Ventures liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explore Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explore Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explore Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explore Ventures Liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had. It just doesn't get any better. Save the St. Kitts, Turks and Caicos, the Galapagos, Maldives, Indonesia, humpback whales, and the Silver Banks. New destinations and itineraries are being added all the time. Call one of their talented travel consultants to find the Explore Ventures Liveaboard experience that's just right for you. 1 800 322 3577. That's 1 800 322 3577. Or visit exploreventures.com. That's exploreventures.com. <laughs> surface interval is complete you are now clear to dive with scuba radio Radio. the world's first radio show devoted to diving dive 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 excuse me i need to rent six tanks 80 cubic feet each uh four regulators sure thing you going lake diving no really is it a cavern because we just got these great new dive lights. They are pretty tanks. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Pete from Scuba Board is my guest right now. We're kind of diving deeper into his diving life. And uh, rebreathers is uh, one of his things he likes to do uh, as he uh, traverses cave country. So uh, you do the rebreather in these caves. Why, Pete? Why do you do that as opposed to mixed gas or just doing a side mount type uh, trimix system? What do you think? Well, rebreathers mix the gas for you as you're diving, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but I do it for the solitude, for the quietness. Gotcha. Yeah. No if bubbles, no troubles. Bubbles, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, and you, you just really like to get into that that zen mode of diving. Is that it? Kinda, I do. Kind of goes back to your regulator choice. You want one that just feels like you're breathing on the surface. You don't want to you know, have the air being pushed down your throat like you were saying earlier. You just want to really be able to concentrate on what you're seeing in front of you and just kind of you know, being part of the environment. Is that what it is? 
Yeah, you know, um, when I cave dive, I like to be the cave golem. You the know, cave golem. The, hmm. The cave golem. If I hear if I hear a bubbler coming, yeah, I'll usually douse my light back up into a corner and uh, let them pass. And and they always know I'm there. I'm not sure how they know because it's pretty silent, but they know I'm there. You can see them starting flashing their lights around, looking for where I'm at. Yeah. But if I've done my job right, they'll never see me. They'll just swim right by, and then I'll continue on. Or, or you'll jump out at them and scare them no. with Jesus. Oh, that's what you should be doing. <laughs> Not underwater. <laughs> Imagine if someone freaks. <laughs> uh, I can. That would be quite uh, entertaining, though. Maybe yeah, not for he them. He killed the guy. Scared him to death. Yeah, well, day. okay. <laughs> it sounds uh, fun in theory, but yeah, when you put it in that uh, way of <laughs> thinking, uh, it could create problems. All right, but uh, but you like doing it because, you know, you with a rebreather, you do get that zen kind of thing because you can stay down underwater so long it, yeah. it's almost impossible not to finally get into the zone and if you've never done it it's hard to explain but you know i've done a, a dive that was two and a half hours long and had that experience and it was like your first dive you never forget it so you know what's the longest you've been down underwater on your rebreather system what do you think on my rebreather i think about five hours just under five hours wow. including all the deco and stuff yeah uh, that was in Jenny Springs. That was just, and, and most of it was just poking around. I, I didn't really go way far back in the back. I don't need to go way far in the back. I was just looking around, looking at the fossils that are all through Florida. You know, Florida is one giant fossil. Yep. But five but hours, over big. five hours just putzing around, just minding your own yeah. business and just uh, kicking around. Now, you had a dive buddy with you, I assume, or were you kind of just uh, no. diving with a group? Or no. you were just soloing, huh? I was soloing. Okay. But I, I, I enjoy caves when I can as a solo event. Again, it's the solitude. It's the me against the cave. Well, it's not really against the cave. I just get to move and I get to enjoy the spring water. I don't dive with a wetsuit or dry suit or anything like that. I wow. Just, that's That would be cold. Are you kidding me? Uh, now, the springs are like 72 and, and you're telling me you don't have a wetsuit and you're underwater for five hours and you didn't get built like a manatee. You get to dive like one, Greg. Okay. Well, okay. There's that, I guess. <laughs> yes. Uh, some natural insulation is what I uh, do have. Natural insulation. You know, and I get a lot of double takes. I usually yeah. wear my camp, my uh, tie dye shirts when I'm diving, whether it's in the caves are out in the open ocean because i don't like the black look everybody gets into yeah um so there's a lot of double takes in the caves when guys and you know they got their dry suits with their fleece undies on and they see me and it's like what <laughs> it's right like, yeah. it's like you know they see uh as they go into the cave and then they see you as they come out and they're like what is this guy he's not human what he's down here all the time what the <laughs> hell's going on but you have to realize I've been diving these springs since 1969. I, I'm used to this type of water. This is what I grew up in. It's what yeah. I continue in. I love it. This is this is why I live in North Florida. I And I love that my water comes straight from the spring. So it's often that I don't use any hot water at all. I let that 68, 70 degree water just bathe me while I'm taking a shower. Well, Especially it's, in a like, hot summer. it's like the, you know, uh, the fountain of youth. 
I mean, you're it you're is. diving in it over there. It is. So uh, I get it. So, but but you just feel connected to the whole experience and just helps you kind of keep yourself centered and all that kind of. You're into that kind of yeah. thing on the rebreather when you're diving through the caves. Now, five and a half hours uh, longest dive. So. Well, what about how deep you've went back into those things? Are you a crazy cave diver like Dr. Doug Ebersol, who who's like traversing a mile or whatever sometimes when he's told us about his uh, adventures through the caves, or you like to keep it Greg, a little bit more modest? What do you think? I, this is this is amazing, but I've been to the bottom. You've been to the bottom of. I've been to the bottom. Okay, what is it? <laughs> the bottom of the cave system there in cave country? <laughs> of some or? of them, yes. Now I have done the mile long what we call the grand traverse which is over at uh jenny not jenny springs uh um peacock springs yeah peacock Springs systems you go into orange grove um there's lots of places you can come out so it's not as scary as you think but if you do it right you're almost a mile later you come up at peacock one and right. uh, it's it's kind of cool oh i'm Been sure before. yeah uh, okay so, so i mean it just depends on how you feel but that's really not your motivation for doing that you you more like the whole zen experience and maybe every once in a while you'll have somebody who wants to go do a, a traverse like that is that what it is yeah no i love the traverse the traverse is fun because you know it's not something everybody does mm-hmm. um there's lots of fossils again florida's one big fossil and uh you get to look at all the different striations the different you know, you get to imagine what this, how this reef that Florida is was built many, many years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just amazing to me how many millions and millions of years it took to build Florida. And now this water is dissolving it slowly. This, uh, what they call the phreatic layer. Here, you're learning something about caves today. No, okay. Greg, All right. Is, is dissolving it slowly and slowly and slowly until finally you and I can go swim through it. It's just amazing hmm. when you get your mind past the years that it took for that to happen i'm sure and uh when you go and traverse through those caves i've seen the videos i haven't done it myself like i said it's just it's not really my type of diving that i prefer not to your pursue. Forte? yeah you know it's just you know i like the ocean uh diving more than doing the cave stuff i mean i don't mind it no, don't get me wrong I just i'm just more of a you know ocean guy and uh, but I've seen all the videos, and it, it might have been even one of yours, uh, where you go Possibly. down there and and you uh, find like the mammoth tusks and things like that, the bones and and uh, and stuff. And and I would imagine that's quite a rush when you come across that kind of thing, isn't it? You know, it, it's it's a rush when you come across anything down there. I, and a place you can go to is paradise springs florida just south of ocala it's open to open water divers probably be best to be cavern to go in there but it's open to open water divers and about the 60 foot range you can see the backbone of a marine iguana in the hmm. side of the cave now how cool is that they don't even exist anymore how big what how big of an iguana are uh, you, talking you can about? see about eight inches of it i don't know how big it was when it was alive and swimming you don't get to see the whole backbone yeah you can also see a sand dollar that's about 12 inches in diameter 12 inches geez in the roof of the cave there right where you're doing your safety stop 
invert yourself, go upside down. It's a little bit hard for some people, but look around the cave and you'll see these huge sand dollars that they don't exist anymore either. Wow. Well, you'd think that would be more than a sand dollar. That'd be a sand $10 or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe All right. So. Well, hey, look, uh, great stuff. Something maybe to add to your list. You, know, you can follow in Pete from Scuba Boar's Fin Kicks and uh, make your scuba diving life just a little bit more enjoyable as well. Pete, thanks for the info, buddy. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Safe diving. And we got more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. And now for something completely different. No matter what you take. Be reasonable. A spring or a big lake. You half mad, half insane maniac. Maybe it's the ocean to which you are loyal. In your general direction. There's always something. Warning, warning, warning. From a fish to an O ring. Poor demented honky. We see the shrimp before even beginning to boil. There's something screwy around here. Wasting away again with scuba radio. You're despicable. Searching for the next place we want to dive. Nobody. Some people claim that divers must be insane. But I know you are a meathead. It makes us feel alive. What the hell is wrong with you? ASN. Some people claim that divers must be insane. And they're probably right. But I know. That, sir, is illogical. It makes us feel alive. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Coming up next week, we're going to talk about underwater treasure hunting. Uh, the guy Mel Fisher, heard of that name? I bet you have. Well, we're going to talk to a person who actually was on the boat with uh, Mel and were part of his crew when they discovered the wreck of the Atocha. How about that? That is next week. Make sure you tune in for it. However, today we still got a little bit more diving uh, deep into some Scuba Radio Scuba Squad members to cover today. And uh, one that we're going to finish off the show with is our good buddy, Captain Walt Martini, the legendary Captain Walt Martini. Walt, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you guys doing today? Good, as always. Wish we could be underwater, but hey, you know, we got to do uh, some surface interval time before we head back uh, beneath the waves. But, uh, you know, I wanted to dive a little deeper with you, Walt. We have you on all the time. Talk to you, you know, Gomez, Julio. (laughs) And we kind of get sidetracked from some of your diving adventures because you are literally a living legend in the South Florida diving area as far as all the charter operators. And I'll never forget this little antidote. I was on a dive boat uh, probably, I don't know, six, seven years ago, uh, gearing up with one of the mermaids and the radio crackles alive and says, hey. Joe, 
He goes, yeah, what's up? He goes, uh, hey, whatever happened to that Captain Moldy Martini who hired the hottest looking dive guides on the planet? Oh, he's retired now, but he's still kicking around. And they start talking about you on the radio, on the VHF radio. And I about fell out of my chair laughing. I thought it was so wild. And uh, But hey, if you're a legend, you got to live the dream, right, Walt? Well, we had a really good time in those days. It yes. was uh, it was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed it. But it's kind of crazy how I got into diving. Yeah, how is it? What I happened? Was, I was in the airline industry for years, and i I flew divers back and forth to all the different resorts, all the, all over the Caribbean and everything. But I didn't really get into actually going out and diving with them on the boat or anything like that. Hmm. I had a girlfriend at the time and uh, she said, you know, we have kind of a crazy life. Well, we need to, we need to explore new avenues. Okay. We, we need to do something different. And I said, like what, Sandra? And she said, let's try diving, scuba diving. I said, scuba diving. Are you crazy? Are you nuts? These, <laughs> these guys get up at six o'clock in the morning. They lug all this gear out. They all go right. out on these boats. They throw up. They get seasick. <laughs> they come back. They got to go back and clean up all the stuff, all their dive gear and everything. She was very persuasive. So the next day okay. we get into a scuba diving class. Okay. All right. Despite all that uh, description later on after a cocktail or two, she kind of uh, sold you on the whole idea, huh? <laughs> Exactly. So my first <laughs> scuba diving class was really interesting. It was about uh, 45 minutes of scuba diving, followed by about uh, eight hours of hardcore, consistently partying. Uh-huh. And I knew immediately I would excel in the sport. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, it is ironic when you uh, get into the industry, especially, or you just start hanging around a bunch of divers, how they have a tendency to drink like fish. At the tiki bar after the day of diving, uh, and you know that is what kind of sucked me into this world. I think a little bit too. I you know I instantly felt uh, you know like I was part of the family. So it was kind of the same thing for you, huh? Exactly, and mm-hmm. and I just had so much fun with it. I got certified. I went all the way through instructor, and I even went one step beyond. I loved it so much. I went out and uh, bought a scuba diving boat. That's and right. Worked as a mate, as a dive master on my boat for the first two years yeah. until I had enough sea time to sit for my master's license. And, and you and, uh, started running dive charters down there in South Florida, the Dry Martini, and uh, and, and you had a reputation for hiring the hottest uh, dive guides on the planet. I mean, I, I don't know how you did it. Was Who came up with this idea to just hire these beautiful women to work the boat instead of your typical you know guys? <laughs> well, it was it was a kind of a marketing tool. You yeah. just looked at it. Did I want to go out on a boat with a bunch of grumpy old guys, or did I want to go out on a boat with a bunch of hot looking chicks? Okay, all right. Well, uh, there you go. See, in the, in those days, there were thirty four dive boats in Broward County, uh-huh. and uh, so I had to set myself apart. And that was one of the ways that we did it, and uh, and had a ball doing it. I bet. Now, did it just kind of evolve though, or was this a marketing ploy right from the get go? When you said, "Hey, you know what I need to do to bring more divers onto my boat is you know hire these girls that I've I've met you know at the tiki bar uh, late at night after a day of diving." What do you think? Well, yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly how it went down. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, and like you said, you know, it, it's not as politically correct to do that now, but I still think it's a genius marketing ploy, <laughs> and many people <laughs> uh, still do to this day. 
you know so i've always felt that you know when, when people go oh that's so sexist and stuff like hey do the same thing for the for, with, with the guys you know have your chipping dale uh, dancers on one boat and your hot girls on another boat and both uh, groups will be happy but i don't know in the sure. current environment it kind of it's all up in the air so who knows that may not work but uh but yeah, you, you created quite a stir in the dive industry doing that. And you ran the dry martini in South Florida for how long there? Uh, About 18 years. 18, 18. years. Yeah. yeah. And and then uh, when, when he you know stopped doing that, he kind of retired, sold the boat, uh, bought the dry martini, got a little pad there, and basically built a bar uh, you know there at the Gomez Hilton, <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> Captain Walt's house. So <laughs> he's got quite the... Quite the, uh, he's living the dream. Uh, when you go there, you see all the stuff from his diving days on the wall. And, uh, and he has one of the biggest tiki bars in the entire state of Florida, if not the world, right there in his backyard. It is impressive life you live, my friend. On the water, and it's a lot of fun. Sure. Now, you're even diving uh, now. Uh, I mean, not as much as you used to. But what are you diving today? What, what, what is your gear kit made up of? Well, well uh, uh, what kind of regulator? BC? Yeah, yeah. What are you diving uh, these days? Scuba Pro BCD, yeah. uh, Scuba Pro uh, regulator, okay. Octopus. I've got a spare air. Right. Um, I've got one of the old, old, um, not boost shot computers, but the one that came right after that. Uh, oh, the Aladdin, maybe? Was he, was, Aladdin, that's it. Yep. Is that, yeah, you got one of those. Okay, yeah. And uh, I got the big Cressy Gara fins in case, uh, you know, I can't kick as much as I used to, so uh, right. I need that extra length on the fin- on the fins. Yeah, you just like that, having that extra blade uh, area to push, push you through the body, uh, push you through the water a little quicker, huh? Exactly. And, you know, like Mr. Watson, I don't really need a wetsuit because I don't dive unless the water is uh, 80 degrees or warmer. Right. 80, 80, 80. 80 degree water temp, 80 degree air temp, uh, 80 foot of viz minimum. So there you go. You know, Walt and uh, Neil go kind of hand in hand. Well, Walt, uh, thank you for the, uh, you know, the backstory a little bit. You know, a lot of people kind of just tune in off and on and they hear your voice. They don't know uh, some of the legendary things you've done. And trust me, we've just scratched the surface with Captain Walt. Uh, Most of the stuff we can't even talk about on the radio, right? (laughs) You got it, buddy. That's so true. Great day. And uh, big shout out to all the listeners. There you go. And uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, Until next time, remember, it's always better. Down where it's wetter. Safe diving, everyone. They all love Scuba Radio On the boat or down below If you want to stay in the know If you be pressurized there You'll want to be there on Scuba Radio Scuba Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. Scuba Radio. This seems the logical place for fish to congregate. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past editions of Scuba Radio worldwide over the Internet at scubaradio.com. So we're in international waters? Indeed so. Tell a friend and buddy up with your radio every week for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Well, it's all very nice here, but we should be going. I miss me wife and me oxygen. Yes, we all miss our loved ones and gases. Let's go! The opinions you just heard on Scuba Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. Okay, you know, what I just heard... 
Blah, 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 blah. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. Come on, quit yanking me. Scuba diving does involve risk and should never be conducted without proper instruction and training. Oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at scubaradio.com. <laughs>